is good to be Trey Young. That's right. It is good to be the diminutive guard from Oklahoma who absolutely put on a show last night. 16 in the fourth. A three from about here to you, wherever you are, to win the game in the garden against the Celtics. 38 points uh, total. Trey Young has 60 points in the fourth quarter. Trey Young, sensational. I got a text from our friend Bobby Rathburn, who is the voice, the God voice of the Atlanta Hawks. And he's like, holy hell, are the playoffs good? And holy hell, were they good last night? Golly, Trey Young got her done. I'm not surprised. Those of you that live in Indianapolis, we know Paul George's act. So guess what? Paul George didn't show. He's hurt. He's hurt. Kawhi Leonard, he's hurt. Kawhi Leonard, my backside. Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. He just doesn't play. Like, Paul George had a horrific injury a few years ago, so maybe, just maybe, you can give him an excuse in terms of injury. Paul George doesn't play when he's playing. He's the biggest choke there is, but those two guys teamed up on the Clippers, and last thing I looked, I watched the Clippers last night, against the Suns. I didn't see no Paul George. I didn't see no Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard never plays. And I got to tell you, he's the biggest waste of money for a, quote, superstar, maybe in the history of the NBA. Took an entire year off. This year, he didn't play. Didn't play in the playoffs. I mean, what good is having Kawhi Leonard? I understand he's dealing with a horrific situation with a sister who's going to jail forever without parole for murder. I mean, what the hell is that? But Kawhi Leonard, you got to get off your backside and go play. Okay, you're a little dinged up. Seems to me like Kawhi Leonard is one of those guys that has to be perfect to play. Shut up and go play. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, what a colossal failure. The Suns took him out. They actually made deals. They added Eric, Eric Gordon and others to try to make a run. But of course, in the NBA, when your stars don't play, you have no chance to win, period. Look, if Trey Young didn't play, you got no chance. DeJounte Murray, who averages 20 for the Hawks, he didn't play. But Trey Young just went stupid. Down 13, he just went out of his mind crazy. And next thing you know, they got the win. And Steve Ballmer, I'm jumping around here, the owner of the Clippers lost his mind last night. And it was absolutely glorious. You knew it was coming. I hope you live bet it. Uh, down early, the Timberwolves were no way, shape, or form going to beat the Nuggets. I was looking at it all night, and I couldn't get it low enough. The Denver Nuggets were down. They were down 10 or so early, and next thing you know, you knew they were going to win. You wanted to get them on the money line. We wanted to do some things. We couldn't get it done, so we took them in a parlay with the Suns, and we ended up making plus money. You just got to look at these things, right? You just got to look and you got to see what's available to you. But the NBA playoffs are fantastic. All right. I'm going to show you a clip from our president. This is our president. He is announcing that he is returning for re-election. When, even though 70% allegedly of the country says that he shouldn't, 100% of the country questions whether he is cognitively fit Now, I just made that number up, but I mean, any thinking human being can see, hey, look, this guy doesn't know where he is half the time. He talks about finishing the job. Dylan, 
Let's see the propaganda coming out of the Pravda. I mean, coming out of the White House, coming out of the media. What I don't know on our president announcing his bid for re-election. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what healthcare decisions women make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we we're in a battle for the soul of America. And we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Let's finish this job, I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. There you go. What's the job? What's actually the job? How's your 401k right now? How's inflation? Well, it's down to 4%, Dan. Okay. How many lies have been told? Hell, we had one yesterday. We were sitting here listening to a man, Ken Baxter, who actually has to deal with the border crisis. He told us all of the things that are going crazy with the border, and then KJP gets up there and just starts lying. How many lies can these people tell? How many wars can they get us into? Remember... The great George Costanza said it best. It's not a lie if you believe it. How, what is the actual job? Make America poor again? Take all of our money? Get us into wars? What exactly is the job? Mutilate our children? Is that the job? Get it to the point where women can't play sports in, oh, wait for it, women's sports? Is that the job? What exactly is the job that this man and this administration has started. What is it? Can anybody tell me? I don't think you can. I think <clears throat> I think four more years of this would be tough. And I think if you decide that this is your guy, then I don't know that you have very good judgment or you're not paying attention. And most people don't pay attention. I've told you this before. A very smart family member of mine who is incredibly liberal, was not, she has a way of criticizing without, and she was kind of coming at Lee at Christmas about Trump, which is all liberals do is worry about Trump. And Lee then asked her, well, who would you like to see be president? And her answer was, well, Pete Buttigieg, he's pretty smart. And we just kind of, I told my wife, I said, just end the conversation. I said, because this is a guy that thinks roads are racist. This is a guy that is doing nothing, Pete Buttigieg, in the current position that he has. But my point is, most people haven't been really paying attention. Most people have gone, oh, okay, 
this isn't exactly right. We have a president that doesn't know where he is half the time, obviously has some issues. You can look at his black eyes right now and know that he is propped up, I think, on meds. I don't know, but he seems more cognitively aware at different times than others. So I ask a simple question. What is the job that this man wants us to help him finish? Is it lying to us? Is this an African-American man? Is this a Puerto Rican man? Is this a Serbian man, a Polish man? Is it more lies to us? See, the beauty of this administration is that they have understood it doesn't matter what you do, it matters what you say. I mean, the economy is a train wreck. The dollar is being devalued, which is the most dangerous thing. Everybody acquiesces to China because of one thing and one thing only, cheap labor. I mean, people ask me all the time, why is the NBA beholden to China? Well, cheap labor. The shoes are made there. The uniform, everything's made there. Cheap labor. Why is Biden so afraid of China? Cheap labor. That's what this entire thing revolves around. It's what it's always revolved around. So let me ask you a question. What is the job? And nobody seems to have an answer. I asked it on Twitter early. I said, what is the job? Tell me. Let me know. And you know what the first response was? You know what the first response was. The first response was about Donald Trump. That was the first response. Well, your guru, Trump, had nothing to do with Trump. Aren't we at a point? where we now are in the Biden administration? Aren't we in his administration? Or am I missing something here? What does it have to do with Donald Trump? When people think they're coming at you, they think they're coming at you with an insult. So I said, Biden can't finish a thought, much less the job. Can't finish a sentence. Can't finish walking upstairs. What job is it that he is finishing. Make Americans poor again, drain the 401k, fentanyl for all, a lie isn't a lie unless you believe it. Michael B. says make America safe again. From what? What are we making America safe again from? Fentanyl? No. Criminals? No. We have basically a non-accountability process in our George Soros-backed district attorneys and prosecutors. See Indianapolis. All you got to do is talk to any IMS cop and see what they have to say about Ryan Mears, the prosecutor here. It's a mess. It's a train wreck. The quote that I got from a night commander was uh, Ryan Mears and his pandering are actually costing lives in the African-American community. So the first response is something about Donald Trump by Kurt Stingley. The next response is Trump is your, your savior through and through. What would y'all do if a blue guy got in office and did a good job? Would you still complain? Of course not. I've said forever. But it's always about Trump. Always is. This is some Indiana guy. And you know Indiana guys are always going to be liberal little cretins. It's not a lie if you believe it. That's all this guy does. This lady yesterday... JRP or KRP, the the, the lesbian one, because that's how she wants to be referred to. The queer one is how she wants to be preferred. The gay one, whatever the hell the word is for the uh, woman who speaks to us, right? She's out here lying about the border. 
talking about how Republicans want open borders and bring fentanyl in when we just, we've heard from numerous people. It could be somebody like Dan Pastorini or Brian Erlacher who've been to the border or Ken Baxter, who's the attorney general. It is never, well, they're right or they're wrong. It is always about attacking, well, you're going to listen to sports people. Well, Ken Baxter has a, 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 char, a, a, a lawsuit against him. Everybody's got a lawsuit against him. Rick Bungle says, I think by finishing the job, he means by finishing us off. It's all about, and anybody that knows, knows this to be true. It is all about elite power, 100%. And it is all about acquiescing to China for cheap labor. So that the elites, people that own these companies, people that run Nike, people that run Facebook, that run all these places can get cheap labor. That's all it is. You can argue anything else you want, but just study it for a minute and you'll understand. We let a Chinese balloon fly across, get all of our data, and then shot it down over the water and not one media member bitched about it. Not one media member said anything about it. Not one. Make America poor again? Fentanyl for all. Let's kill our children because this clown is beholden to power, money, the oligarchy. And you guys think that's fake. It ain't. At some point next week, I'm going to get the smartest human being you'll ever met. He's a basketball coach. His name is Carson Cunningham on here to explain this to you. And you'll be like, holy hell. But the answer is always to attack. The answer is always to Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. What exactly, what exactly, uh, Mike B, is Donald, or excuse me, is Joe Biden making us safe from? I agree with Brian Fix. The country loves the career liberal politician, Dan. Media will never challenge. Never, ever challenge. All they'll do is criticize. All they'll do is get out. It's amazing to me, and we're going to fall for it again, but we're not really going to fall for it. What's really going to happen is there is a system in place right now. It's literally the dumbest system in the world. How can you not just simply go to the polls, show your ID to vote? How is that so difficult? Why is some fat ass that can't get off a couch not able to get off a couch one time a year and go vote? And if you're not capable, that's on you. Why is it that ballots can be mailed to your house? Nobody knows who actually fills out those ballots. And then that's your vote. How is that possible? But it's not going to change. It isn't going to change. It's not going to change for a second. Because this is the system. And the only way it's going to change is when Americans rise up. I'm telling you, I see it, man. I feel it. And I usually have a pretty good feel for things. Americans sitting back watching our elections be compromised. America sitting back watching our president lie to us. Man, that's some dangerous business. Because at some point, people get to the, well, I've had enough. This dude lies to us on a daily basis. He opens his mouth, he's lying. He says something, it's a lie. And then he's got to go back and say, no, honest to God. No, honest to God, that's how you know the dude is lying. And any reasonable person sees and knows this, 
But that's not what we are doing. That's not what we are about. We somehow, some way, don't challenge this guy at any turn. He has a woman up there that is more concerned with the LGTQBXYZ, whatever the hell it is, than they are you or me, and she lies literally every day. He is awful. Awful. Take out the dementia or whatever he has. He's just awful because he's a pandering liar. He's a lost soul that doesn't know what he is doing and is at the whim of it. He's basically sold himself out, and we are falling for it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Better get on the ballot harvesting train. There's no question. There is absolutely no question. We have the most corrupt government, and we're all supposed to sit back here and just take it. God bless us. God bless America. You won't hear one thing in the Indy Star or the USA Today criticizing this idiot. You know, his new thing is how we don't raise our own children. We all raise all of our children. I don't want that perv around my kids. And I don't know if you know this, but he's got a seventh granddaughter that he doesn't even acknowledge. Hunter Biden had a kid. He's got to go in for a DNA test here. A judge just ordered it. Everybody and their mother knows it's Biden's son's kid. This guy doesn't acknowledge it, but he's out here telling us that no, children aren't your own. They're all of ours. How idiotic is that? I don't want that sniffing clown around my kids ever, ever. I don't want these cretins that, hey, can I talk to you a second? Some cross-dressing, whatever this was that came up to Lee and I in Minnesota. I don't want this person around my kids. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you insane? What are we doing? They're all our kids. The hell they are. I mean, I think, I could be wrong, but I think there is a diary that talks about this guy showering with like 10-year-old daughters or nieces or whatever. What are we doing here? Stop it. Stop it. The level of stupid is insane. And this guy is the leader in the clubhouse. All right, let me switch gears real quick. I got to ask you a question. Which ESPN talking head will claim racism if Will Levis goes goes and gets drafted ahead of Bryce Young, ahead of C.J. Stroud? Will it be the great J. Will, Stephen A. Smith? What's that guy's name? Foxworthy, the big swagoo? Which one will say, oh, it's racism? It's racism. I don't know. You tell me. I'm curious. Which one? Charlie Arnold's going to join us. She's going to have a new show starting up here right before ours. And it's very exciting. Charlie uh, is from Indianapolis. She was with Fox. She and I actually did a stand-up show together uh, for charity. It was a lot of fun. I got to know her just a little bit. And then she went on to superstardom uh, with not only the WWE, but ESPNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNN
you're going to be a little bit, if not a lot, restricted. That's why after 10 years, I got the hell out, and Charlie the same. Charlie, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Where I haven't are you? seen... Where are you? I'm the, um, the palatial suite? Where are we at? Oh, God, I wish. Um, I'm in New York, so there is no such thing as a palatial suite unless you're shelling out millions of dollars, <laughs> which I'm not quite right, there yet, right. but maybe eventually. All right, let's go. Let's get into it. The new show coming up. When's it starting? What's it going to be about? Okay, so it will be launching sometime ahead of football season. Um, so late summer is the most probably realistic time frame. Uh, like you said, it's going to be preceding your show. Uh, so first thing that you're seeing and hearing when you wake up in the morning, it better be our show. Um, and I say our because it'll be a show with myself and a co-host who has not been determined yet. Um, so we're getting into that process right now. And I'm so uh, thankful to have a hand in, uh, you know, having a say who my co-host is, because oftentimes when you join a network, uh, they don't give you a say. And it's kind of just like, OK, make it work. Good luck. Uh, so I really appreciate that OutKick is giving me the opportunity to find someone that really matches my energy and chemistry wise. It works really well. And the show is going to be a mixture of, you know, a little bit of everything. We're going to obviously be sports centric, uh, but we're going to be addressing whatever news is relevant that day, whether it's in politics, whether it's in pop culture, society. Uh, so it, it, the show is so much creative freedom. Uh, so we are going to make it exactly what we think the OutKick audience needs, um, which, you know, that audience I only see expanding as time goes on, as you've seen uh, in the past, however long exactly you've been at OutKick. So it's exciting. Charlie, let's get into it. Uh, Joe Biden announces we got to finish the job. The dude can't finish a sentence, a sandwich, or walk. I was like, up what, the what, job, what, what job? What are job are we finishing? Exactly is a this ending the country, <laughs> the ruination of all of our happiness and livelihoods. Uh, sure, <laughs> that's that's the goal. Then you're right on track. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, living here in New York, I see a lot of the problems really amplified that people are seeing around the country. Uh, crime is absolutely horrible. Um, just the other day, my boyfriend was hit with a brick by a homeless guy. So yeah. And you know what? The crazy thing is it's not even, it wasn't even one of those things where he panicked. I saw him and he was like, Am, is, he's like, do my ribs look okay? And I'm like, yeah, what happened? He was like, Oh yeah. Homeless guy hit me in the park. I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I was out there running sprints and a guy just takes a brick and, you know, swings it around and hits me. Thank God it wasn't his head. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of thing you're used to seeing here. Um, I live next door to a methadone clinic in New York down the street. And um, so there's homeless people all over the place. Um, you know, people strung out on drugs, uh, just laying in the streets and no one's doing anything to clean it up because they can't do anything to clean it up. We don't have much of a police presence like, presence like we used to here. Uh, despite our... Uh, mayor being a former police chief. Uh, and then, you know, you just look at the prices of everything. New York is expensive as it is, but we're still feeling it here. You know, you go to the grocery store, you can't walk out of there with, you know, less than $100 on your bill because everything is so damn expensive. Um, and then immigration, you know, another big problem we're seeing across the country, especially here in New York City. Uh, it's everywhere. Um, you know, the city's being overrun and, and, um, those of us who are doing our part to hold steady jobs and, you know, make good money are being forced to bear the brunt of it, especially, you know, we're seeing this new 
potential mortgage bill where those who have higher credit scores, now we have higher mortgage rates. It's just none of it makes sense. And uh, the direction that this country is, is heading in is, is very sad. And, you know, then there's obviously the issue of, um, you know, the the transgender issue, um, which I'm sure we'll get into that Joe Biden seems to really be celebrating. And um, as a as a woman, quite frankly, it's very insulting. It's absolutely insulting. My wife, a, a legend in the world of softball as a coach and as a player, uh, and she's like, this is ridiculous. We can't even have our own space. All right, um, you're a Colts fan. Ryan Leaf is going to come on here and give the Colts very, very good news. You, you worked here in Indianapolis. You're from mm-hmm. here in Indianapolis. How should this go? How should draft day go, the first round go for the Colts? What do you see? What do you see? Well, a quarterback is how it should go. Um, that's been the the spot that they've really struggled with since, gosh, I hate to say this, since Andrew Luck retired, uh, which still haunts me to this day. I was in the um, I was in Italy, so it was this beautiful trip. I had just been to a wedding the night before. I'm like living in this dreamlike state, which is why I felt like it was a dream when it was happening because I opened up my phone after having this wonderful night. And I'm like, wait, Andrew Luck is retiring. And ever since then, Dan, you know, it has just been complete devastation um, for that team and especially at that position. And, you know, if you don't have a good quarterback, everything else looks horrible. The rest of the team looks horrible. The coach looks horrible. So until you get that position together, uh, there's really no hope uh, for any NFL team for that matter. Um, So I think a a quarterback is, is absolutely the call. The difference between you and me is when Andrew Luck retired, you were at a beautiful wedding in a beautiful spot in Italy. I was at a beautiful wedding and a beautiful spot of Cleveland, Ohio. So there Um, you go. That spells out the difference uh, in the two of us. Um, When you look overall uh, at the NFL, because the NFL, obviously, if you're going to do a sports show, the, the NFL is king. Uh, We've got Aaron Rodgers traded. We've got Lamar Jackson traded. We've got the draft coming up. You've seen this for years, the NFL. It has become a year-round, can't-miss, gotta-watch, talk-about-every-single-freaking-day deal, has it not? Oh, yeah, it's always like that. It's, you know, even, like, the past few years, we would always joke, we're like, you know, when will it end? Because there's so much speculation, and you have to craft so many storylines around the same characters in the same event and it's you know you get to a point where it almost becomes like you're just throwing shots in the dark you know like oh what if this happens oh but what if this happens or what if this happens uh and it just gets it's you know I think everyone feels it uh even those who you know are super gung-ho about the draft when the draft finally comes to an end everybody is happy so um yeah this is a a long time (laughs) a long time coming tonight only a few more hours away till uh, we can stop talking about it quite as much. You know, in Indy, it's like every year. Oh, we got the guy we wanted. Oh, I can't believe that guy was still on the board. Oh, my God, I'm amazed that we got this guy. And then we go four and 13. All right, I got to ask you, because you yes. put it out there uh, on Twitter today, I've had enough of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I, 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 I can't stand people that say, I don't want attention and then are writing books and then going on shows. If you don't want attention, there are ways to do that, particularly when you have a billion dollars at your disposal. I'm a big fan of this kind of stuff. I'm a big People magazine fan. I love it. But I've had enough of these two. Enough. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I have not bought into the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry drama that a lot of people have. I don't really pay much attention to it because it just, like, honestly, what are you all whining about? Like, you have one of the most ideal situations of anybody in the world. Uh, you're royalty, you're rich, you have a family that even though you, you know, want to shun them, who love you and care deeply about you. Um, you have like all of these incredible traditions that you're able to uphold. Uh, I just find it very interesting that they want nothing to do with that. Um, because if you put me in that situation, I would thrive. All right. I would, I would be loving it. So, um, yeah, I think, like you said, if you don't want attention, why are you going to a huge playoff game sitting in a box? And then when the, uh, you know, Jumbotron puts the attention on you, just act normal, right? Kiss. That's what anybody else would do. Who's married and happily in love and said you make a scene by turning your head and then causing people to wonder like, Oh, what's going on with them? Why wouldn't, I don't know. It's just like, there's always, there's always something. And I don't know. Meghan Markle just seems like a whole lot of drama to me. Uh, I think, I think she is the one who probably uh, brainwashed Prince Harry more than anything. Why are we so infatuated with the Kardashians and Meghan Markle, Prince Harry? What, what, what is it like royalty fascinates? What's the deal here? Walk me through this, please. I think, you know, I think it's just the life that they live is so unattainable for most of us. The things that they get to do. You know, you look at Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress at the Met Gala uh, and how the whole process took place. She had to lose all this weight. She had to have a whole team scrunch her into this dress. It's just like almost, you know, it doesn't feel like it's real life. And I mean, a lot of what the Kardashians are living is not real life. And I'm sure, you know, if we, if, you know, we were to really have them open up in a therapy session about how this life has made them feel, uh, it probably wouldn't be so pretty. But from an outsider looking in, I mean, it looks amazing. So we're all just infatuated with them. And it's it's not just one of them. It's Kim. It's Chloe. It's um, Courtney. It's Kendall. It's Kylie. It's Kris Jenner. I mean, even, even Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, you can't. Kanye West, every single person that touches that family is just has the most bizarre. Lamar Odom. I mean, look at every single person. Ben <laughs> Simmons. I mean, every, literally every single person that has come into contact with that family. God bless them. I, it is just, you got to feel for them. <laughs> I want to go back to something you, you and I talked about earlier, and it's a transgender deal. Here's a clip from this Leah Thomas, and we'll get your thoughts on it after we play it. Go ahead, uh, Dylan. They're like, oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman, whatever. We respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that, that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. They're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs. And I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or, or speak that out. And so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support. They think about how twisted feminism, quote unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments, you know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity, which is, in my opinion, extremely anti-feminist. I don't want to put those women down either. And I know you don't want, don't want to either because I see pain. I see pain and, I, and the pain is coming from somewhere. It's not you though, it's the patriarchy. And how can we get people to see that? Oh my God. What the hell did they just say there? What is oh it? Give me, give me your Listen, reaction. 
It, you know what, Dan, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that these conversations are, are being legitimized and that people are watching this being like, oh my God. Yeah, that makes total sense because I am not a feminist. All right, let me just make that very clear. I am not a feminist. I never have been. Like, do I not want to thrive and, you know, have the same opportunities as my male co- counterpart? Sure, but I do not identify myself as a feminist. I work very hard. I don't just expect things to be given to me because I am a woman. Um, so for them to say this has a feminist guise, absolutely not. Um, you know, I am very much a, a believer in a lot of traditional values as it pertains to women. But I also, like I said, I'm very progressive when it comes to women. Um, but like we were talking before, it is an insult uh, for men to try and invade a space that belongs to women that they've worked really hard to garner for themselves uh, through decades and decades of history. And it's been tough. So, you know, we finally have a space that's ours and men have a space that's theirs. So it's not fair for men then to say, oh, well, because I I identify now as a woman, I get to take over your space. Um, it's just all very upsetting. Um they keep trying to switch the conversation to something that it's not to legitimize their beliefs and push um, their agendas. And I, I don't know. It's, I just wonder when it's going to stop. And I, I'm worried that it's not going to because we've already created a very slippery slope um, for what a transgender athlete or just a transgender in general is able to accomplish Um, And I think it's just going to get very dangerous for women. Um, We've already seen a lot of instances in sports and you just have to wonder when it's going to end. Uh, But I will say very confidently, it has nothing to do with feminism, has nothing to do with transphobic beliefs either, because I can also very confidently say I am not any of those things. Uh, I think everybody should be able to live exactly the way that they want that makes them happy, but not at the expense of others. And I think that this trans athlete issue does come at the expense of women. And uh, it's very sad. It's very, very sad. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to stop. But I do think, you know, one of the interesting things is unless, like they said, unless you're 100% in, then you're transphobic. My ass. I had a good friend of mine, a young lady, a young lady said, hey, look, give these dudes one period and that would end that crap immediately. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you're like, oh, you want to be a woman? Well, then why don't you, why don't you, yeah, go through every single thing that a woman has to go through? Like right now, Dan, thank you for referencing. I mean, I won't so explicitly imply, but I'm breaking out right now. I had a terrible sleep last night. Um, I'm feeling very bloated. So uh, yeah, come on in. Welcome. Welcome to our world. It's beautiful. I heard some, one of those guys said, well, I wish the period fairy would join me. And my wife looked at that and go, really? That's oh what you God. wish for? The period? No, you don't. Please. I don't wish that upon anybody. It's so funny. Even, right, even so my we're... boyfriend knows. Last night, I just started complaining about something so random. And he was like, all right, I'm just going to ignore everything you're saying because you're literally all over the place. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. And I'm like, fair. It's a fair assessment. Right. Hey, Charlie, congrats, man. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me, and congratulations. And good luck picking Absolutely. a co-host. Yeah, and um, I am excited because I'm getting to head back to Indianapolis on Friday. 
um, to host the Make-A-Wish benefit at the JW Marriott uh, downtown on Saturdays, which is my third year doing it. So nice. excited to get back to Indy, see my friend, you know, maybe pop into good old Fox 59, do a little segment advertising. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. All right. Thanks. She's awesome. You're going to love her. Charlie on TV is where to go follow her on Instagram. Go follow her on Twitter, and the show will be fantastic. I can promise you that. Charlie, C-H-R-L-Y on TV. I mean, we're going to come back. We're going to play that Leah Thomas segment again, and I'm going to be like, what are you talking about? I mean, why? The level, like, all right, I, I just, I my head explodes. When I just hear children, well, this dude got this dude is trying to do what? What's he trying to do? Is he trying to change the world? I mean, I listen to idiots, and idiots always idiots always show their stupidity. That's just the way it is. Oh man. Also, hey, Will Levis, according to Reddit, is gonna be the number one pick in the draft. And our boy Fauci with a declaration. What a show we got. And the Reds actually won a game. Look at us. Hey, Dan, Connie, uh, you're making common sense here. Men can't experience that because they are men. Can you imagine Connie and others on the YouTube chat? By the way, subscribe, like, follow us on YouTube. Can you imagine this conversation 25 years ago? whether men are actually men. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable this is the conversation that we're having. We'll be right back. Another year, another Paul George saying, our time is coming. I told you years ago on Mike and Mike that Paul George was a complete fraud, and Paul George continues to be a complete fraud. But Paul George says, ladies and gentlemen, our time is coming. Really? All right. By the way, Colts fans, Ryan Leaf is going to make you very happy. And other fans, Ryan Leaf's top 10 is going to make you go, huh? You know how they have things that make you go, huh? I actually look at Ryan Leaf's top 10 and I kind of like it for a lot of reasons. Ryan is going to join us coming up. Speaking of the draft, listen to this. This is insanity. This is the world that we're in. I'm going to read this verbatim. A random Reddit post. So on Reddit, somebody's post claiming Will Levis told his family the Panthers are taking him first overall has caused a massive swing in not people's perception, but the gambling odds. Listen to this. Levis went from plus 4,000, meaning if you bet $100, you win $4,000 to plus 400. So take a zero off of that to go first overall. Is the NFL world about to be shocked? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I believe that for maybe the first time, Chris Ballard was actually right when he said, look, everybody's lying at this point. I do know this. These random things that show up, 
It's my experience, and this goes back to Indiana in 2007 and 8, a random post that got taken down on pigs.com caused an incredible stir because it was accurate and it was from inside. So I've always taken these kind of random posts with a little bit of a grain of salt, a little bit. I'm not saying this is true, and I'm not saying he's going number one. But I am saying I'm not the guy, and here you see it right here, I'm not the guy that just totally discounts these because I've seen it for myself. So if he goes number one, the question then is, which ESPN dude is going to say it's racial? Oh, it's racist. You know Jamel Hill will. We discount her. She's no longer an ESPN dude. She's no longer nothing. But which one will say, well, it's racial? Well, the white owner is more comfortable having dinner with the white quarterback than he is with the black quarterback. Which one of these idiots is going to do that? Which one? I want to hear from you. Which one is it? If he goes number one, it has the opportunity to become the smartest move or the dumbest move. And here's why. Smartest move because you pick a guy over others and you saw something others don't. And it's not physical because the dude has all of the physical traits that you can possibly have. You did a great job if you are the Panthers and this works out, okay, that you are smarter. The dumb comes in in this. He doesn't have to go number one. Like, if, if Andrew Luck was going to flame out as the number one pick, that's not your fault. He had to go number one. He was by far the best player. Everybody and their mother would never fault you for taking Andrew Luck. There are two other guys in the mix here, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and nobody really has been able, at least to me, and I've paid attention to this, to separate themselves other than if they did in private interviews. I'm watching Bryce Young play in college, and he's very good. But do you really trust an Alabama quarterback? Maybe you do. Heck, I don't know. Do you consider Jalen Hurts an Alabama quarterback, or do you consider him an Oklahoma quarterback? What do you consider... Tua Tungavailoa, a great quarterback? Is he a bust? Is he good enough? I don't have the answer. But what I'm saying is, if you pick Levis and it turns out to be right, it's an all-time great move. Because you didn't have to. You saw something others didn't. And again, it ain't physical. The dude can throw it, I saw it, from his knees and hit the goalpost from the 50-yard line. That's incredible. That's unbelievable. All right? That's... That's arm talent, as Jaws used to say. He's built, he's strong, blah, 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 blah. But you don't have to take. But if they do and it works out, I am all in on them. Hey, our boy, Dr. Fauci, back in the news, he finally admitted that mask mandates were a broad-spectrum failure. He finally admitted from a broad health standpoint at the population level. What does that mean? Like, at the population level. That means uh, 
And when I read it, he and the medical professionals are up here and we're just the minions. We're the proletariat. Masks work at the margins, maybe 10%. So we had to put kids in masks for two years. Two freaking years of masking kids. I don't care that I had to do it. I don't care that my wife had to do it. I'm not happy about it. I'm not pleased about it. But look, I'm not going to sit here, jump up and down, stand on my head and crap snowballs and lose my mind over it. But damn, I could not imagine being a kid going to high school and I got to wear a freaking mask and it turns out it's only 10% effective. That would drive me bat blank crazy. Wouldn't it you? I think it would. So now we admit, now we admit, hey, look, eh, 10%. How do you come up with a number 10%? Like everything that I'm spitting out, only 10% gets in. How do you come up with that number? What does that number mean? Well, you know, only 10%. What? All right. I I guess. Uh, okay. Man, I I, you know, all right. Um, Chris Russo. Chris Russo is paid $10,000 by ESPN for every appearance that you see. At least that's what he told Howard Stern. Chris Russo has always been a guy, always been a guy that has been critical of ESPN. Chris Russo is one of my favorite hosts. Talks a little too much about baseball, and in my world, I like it, others don't. But Chris Russo, I don't think we can play this, can we? Chris Russo hates Disney World. Now, for those of you that don't know, Chris Russo works for Disney. Disney World, Disneyland, Disney whatever, is a big part of it. And Chris Russo said, hey, look, go somewhere else. Go somewhere educational. Don't go to Disney World. What are you going to Disney World? Oh, yeah, Disney, you want to lay off my ESPN co-workers? I'll go on my radio show and tear your company down. Probably not, but funny to think about. Well, you know, Chris Russo, I guess, has become a star on ESPN. Disney's laying off 7,000 people. Most of them, actually, at least this week, have been in the radio realm. They've completely gutted. They gutted a friend of mine, Louis, uh, Louise Cornetta who I really liked. I did a podcast there and she was awesome to me. Everybody there was always awesome to me. But he called Disney World, quote, brainless entertainment. The food is garbage, wants people to stop calling it America's vacation. Now, he said this on his Sirius XM radio show, which is not affiliated with Disney or ESPN. But I got to tell you, I used to have to answer all the time for my radio show, and we were not, I guess, an official affiliate of ESPN, but hey, man, good for Chris Russo. God bless Chris Russo. He probably will still be there because uh, Stephen A. Smith likes him, respects him, knows that Russo's intellect is far beyond his in terms of sports. There's no question about it. But Russo wasn't holding back, and you and I both know, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig when people are just honest at an expense. 
You know, I always said about Colin Kaepernick, you can get mad at him, but it cost him. And he was gutsy enough to do something that cost him. You can hate me for it, whatever you want to do, but it's true. I don't know if this will cost Russo anything other than, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, what's the upside? That's what they'll say. What's the upside to this? That's always management's thing. There's no upside to this, Chris. You know, we're paying you 10 grand a pop. All you do is come in here like on Tuesday, sit across from Stephen A. Smith and argue with each other. We send you a car. That's it. And you get 10 grand. I think he had 40 appearances. That's 400 grand. What are you doing? Why are you biting the golden goose? But hey, look, Chris Russo, I salute you. At least you're being honest. You get the Puerto Rico today. Salute from the coffee and the Chicago gunfire salute on the coffee. Uh, A trans runner decided it would be a good thing to do what? Well, run. Okay. A trans runner decided that, well, after running as a man a week ago, uh, I'm going to run as a woman and beat 14,000 women. A trans runner beat 14,000 women in the London Marathon after running the New York Marathon as a dude. Now, come on, people. There's got to be at least some kind of, I don't know, legislation, rules, cup check, penis check, grab a crank, give them a little tap, have a piss. There's got to be something. Like somebody should be able to sneakily walk behind this person into a bathroom. If you pee sitting down, you run with the women. If you pee standing up, you run with the men. I don't know. A lot of dudes my age pee sitting down, though, so they'll spray it all over the place. Mara Yamaguchi finished sixth in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Uh, Pissed. Mara's pissed. Tell you why she's pissed. Glenique Frank, all right? Glenique Frank said, look, this is awesome. Girl power. And ran in the UK race on Sunday. Here's what Yamaguchi said. Nearly 14,000 actual females suffered a worse finish position because of Frank, who said that even when she was ranked second in the world as a woman, at least 1,300 men were faster than me. The UK athletics applied world athletics rules on the exclusion of transgender women from elite female competitions, making it fair for athletes who have gone for male puberty to be excluded. I don't know what any of this is, but I know this. This Glenique Frank is a dude with a packy, with a crank. I'm just telling you. And now all of a sudden, this this male runs as a male now runs as a female and beats 1,400 women. Back in the Tokyo Marathon, the dude ran as Glenn Frank. Now it's Glenique Frank. Girl power, Glenique Frank. Girl power and experienced man. Listen to this. Listen, listen here. An experienced men's marathon runner runs in the women's category. It's a great day because he is going to be a granny soon, meaning grandma. That is going to be a grandma soon. 
And I am going to sprout a little afro soon. We have the same amount of chance. I'm going to have a little bit of a fro or a 70s middle cut, little, little wings on the side, and this dude is going to be a grandmother. I got two words for you. You know what they are. My backside. My backside. I've had enough. Enough of this crap. And the clowns that are Sue Bird, who now is in every one of my commercials, and her clown friend, Megan Rapino, who is in most of my commercials, support this. I want you to think about that, women, for just a second. Megan Rapino, whose career is coming to a close, and Sue Bird support this. Explain that to moi. I'll hang up and listen. How can you possibly support that? That is impossible to do. Not a rational thinking human being can support that, this right here running as a woman. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll hang up and listen. Seriously. I'll hang up and listen if you tell me I'm wrong, but I ain't wrong. There ain't nobody supporting this that has anything other than uh, their brand to think about. Normal thinking human beings do not support this dude running as a woman. I don't care what you tell me. You cannot tell me differently. If you do tell me differently, then I am going to go all liberal on you and tell you you are not a normal thinking human being. That's what I'm going to do. Period. Period. Dan, when did Megan Rapino and Sue Bird transition? No, I bet you they're just mean in person. It's like Ellen. You know they're just mean. Ah, just nasty. Just nasty people. Just telling you. Nasty. Hey, let's play that Leah Thomas if we can. Can we cue up that Leah Thomas word salad of gibberish, please? If you don't mind. As we go to break. Oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman, whatever. We respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. They're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs. And I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or or speak that out. And so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support. They think about how twisted feminism, quote unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments, you know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity, which is, in my opinion, extremely anti-feminist. I don't want to put those women down either. And I know you don't want want to either because I see pain. I I see pain and and the pain is coming from somewhere. It's not you though, it's the patriarchy. And how can we get people to see that? Yeah, go to hell. We'll be right back. Get out of here. I always enjoy having Ryan Leaf on because he is not like everybody else, and that's what I like. I like people that think for themselves, don't just look at a mock draft and regurgitate the same nonsense, and it is due 
to him being a player. That's right. And I always say, man, players know Ryan joins us now. All right. I got to get into this. I want to ask you, I saw Will Levis throw a football from his knees 50 yards and hit a goalpost. My wife looked at me and said, okay, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. It just means he can throw a football a long freaking way, right? I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes something special to do that. One of, one of the skills that I like to show off is I like to walk into a, in, into a basketball uh, gymnasium, uh, especially when they had all the hoops up around for practice. And then I, I like to showcase how I could throw the ball from one end of the gymnasium to the other, keeping it at the same level of the 10-foot high rim. That's, that's where I showed my arm strength. And you just learn how to do some things that show off your arm, and, and you, you contribute to that. I, I don't think it means she's going to be a great NFL quarterback. doesn't mean he's going to be a bad NFL quarterback. It just it means he's, he's incredibly talented uh, and has a strong arm. You don't have him in your top ten as I'm looking at it here. Why? Um, well, you know, for me, he has a second-round grade, uh, you know, but I expect him to be drafted in the first round because general managers have a, a, a ton of fear of missing out on the next big thing. Uh, he, he's close. He, I, I have the Texans taking him at twelve. So, um, you know, they get their quarterback after passing over a guy at number two. Uh, they still get a quarterback to see if that can make it work. Uh, I, I would like to see him in a place now. He, he can still go to Houston and sit for a little bit, right? Case Keenum's there now. Davis Mills has some starting, uh, um, uh, you know, um, education behind him. He could uh, take over the helm while Will Levis learns and everything like that. But uh I'm um, excited to see how they how they utilize some of these guys that that I don't think have a first round grade that most likely will get drafted in the first round tomorrow night. Um, your fourth pick of the draft, which is interesting, and you see uh, Ryan's top ten right here for us in Indianapolis. This would be great, would it not? This would be a win, at least you know until we see people play on the actual field. This would be a great thing for Indy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, my points bet uh, mock draft came out last week, and then I had to refocus some things with some trades uh, with the with the Packers and the Jets, and of course some of the conversation around C.J. Stroud and his S two score, things like that. Yeah, I think if he were to fall to Indianapolis, uh, everybody up there would be incredibly pleased that this happened, that he was able to fall to them because. You know, for as much as we want to garner from a from an app, you know, an aptitude test or a testing aspect of things, I just I can't I don't want it to dissuade what I've seen on the film, and I've watched a ton of film on him, and the guy is a gamer. He is a leader. He is uh, um, talented. Uh, he is accurate, and all of those things lead me to believe he's going to be a special pro quarterback. And if the Colts are able to snag him at four. After all the the consternation all offseason on whether they should move up and grab him or or move up and get somebody else and all these things going on, I think that would be just a coup for the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Mercy and that staff. Is Bryant is Bryce Young your number one quarterback? And is it CJ Stroud was my number one quarterback. Uh and, and I haven't been dissuaded by the by the S two score. Now, will he be drafted first overall? I don't think so. I think that's pretty much a done deal that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, and I think he's a great quarterback. Both these guys were at the top for me. They were the only two that I had first round grades on uh, were CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So um, he CJ Stroud's the best quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. If he were to fall to four to Indy again, 
that is such a great thing for the organization. I do think Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback. Uh, we'll see how much uh, punishment he can take, especially with no wide receivers really to play with in year one in Carolina. Um, but uh, I expect it to play out that way, yes. Hey, Ryan, you have Will Anderson going number two, the Seahawks then at number five, taking Jalen Carter. If you were going to do this draft on who the best player, just simply in your mind the best player or the two best players are, where would Anderson, where would Carter fit in that? Well, I mean, just like anybody, when you walked out uh, your first kind of rough draft around the, uh, the draft, um, Jalen Carter was the most talented football player on it, period, in everybody's book, right? Already had the high grade, the off-the-field stuff uh, that has played out, uh, the two opportunities for your biggest job interviews ever, you show up to one and ultimately get uh, arrested and sent back down to, to Georgia to turn yourself in, and then... Uh, for your pro day, you show up out of shape and you don't finish the drills. Those types of things can play and throw a wrench into a lot of it. Now, what you do need is you need a veteran coach. You need a veteran leadership on a defensive side of the football and an organization that can take that on and help and think you could make that work. And I think that's the Seattle Seahawks. I think uh, with Pete Carroll, Bobby Wagner back, um, you bring in Jalen Carter as the Front part of that defense, Bobby Wagner in the middle, Jamal Adams coming back with some of those corners uh, that they have built. I think that defense becomes a pretty dominant force. So uh, I like Jalen Carter at five. I think a lot of people are looking at him more around nine or ten. I just don't think he slips that far. I think he goes there. Um, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are two guys you probably couldn't differentiate except for maybe their length. Will Anderson, I think, has the better upside simply because that type of player has been more consistent as the edge. Uh, but those are the, the those are the you know, uh, and then Christian Gonzalez at corner. I think those are probably the four uh, defensive players that come off the board first. You know, one of the interesting things about this draft, and again, I'm using Indianapolis. We need weapons. We need weapons on the outside. Wide receivers, you know, are are valuable more so than uh, running backs. At least that's what I'm being told. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver crew? I don't, you know, obviously there's none in your top ten. Where are you at with that group? Yeah, it, it all depends, and I think it's team need. And I think the first team that ultimately comes up, which is ironic because of the trade that happened, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the wide receiver number one out of Ohio State. And ironically enough, you get rid of Rodgers and you go get a, a wide receiver in, in the first round and add him to the uh, Jordan Love conversation. Uh, I think he goes first. I got Quinton Johnston as my next best. Um, I, I have him going to Seattle at 20 to match him with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think that makes for a very formidable passing um, uh, game uh, with Geno Smith in the, involved there. And then there's guys like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison that people have talked about, Jalen Hyatt. I like Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, and I really like Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Both guys I do not think will be drafted in the first round, um, but – I think could make a real difference on a football team, and you may be able to get them for a steal. I like Marvin Mims as that guy. I like he reminds me a, a ton of Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC from a couple of years ago. So, yeah, there's a lot of lot of interesting takes. Uh, this this year's draft, I think there was only I only had about 21 players with first round grades. So there may, that means that you're going to be looking at different ways to build your team with what you would consider maybe 
non-first round talent because you have a first round draft pick. So don't be surprised if we see some teams from the 20s maybe dropping out of the first round uh, to get some draft compensation to build up their roster with other draft picks. Hey, you mentioned Rodgers. Give me your thoughts on the trade to, uh, to the Jets. Well, I think it was inevitable. I mean, this this contract was uh, set up to be traded. It was just a matter of whether or not Green Bay would stick to their guns and try to get the most compensation for an asset that the Jets firmly believe can put them into the in the championship conversation. So, um, I think it was it was meant to be. Uh, the Jets were going to make it happen. Ownership finally got impatient and said, "Hey, just whatever it takes, get it done." He becomes a Jet, but now those expectations for the New York Jets, who haven't been to the playoffs forever, haven't won a championship since I don't, you know, half over half a century ago. It's 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 championship or bust. It really is, and those are a lot of expectations. Uh, so it will be fun covering this team in New York. Are they a playoff team? Yeah, they have playoff talent. Will they make the playoffs? I don't know. You look at all the AFC contenders in terms of quarterbacks. Some guys are going to miss out, and those are guys that you would expect to be in the playoffs this year. So should make for a very interesting year. Do I think they win a championship? No. I think they're right back in the same boat a year from now. I think Rodgers, I don't know if he goes back into the darkness to decide if he wants to come back, but this is going to be a year-to-year thing, unfortunately, for the New York Jets. How big a distraction is that? How, how, you know, because NFL people always tell me if you talk retirement, then you're pretty much retired. I think I think Parcell said that a hundred years ago, and everybody hangs on to that. Is that any type of distraction, or are you just so excited you got Aaron Rodgers, you buck up a little bit? Yeah, you buck up quite a bit when you got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's is yeah. he a guy yeah. that can change the atmosphere? Because the Jets, unfortunately, systemically are broken. So Aaron Rodgers has to be the fix. And for right now, in the moment, for the year, Jets fans, the organization, even his teammates now, can all be optimistic for what he brings to the table. So, yeah, I, if, if I'm Jets fans, I'm excited. If I am Jets players, I'm excited. I believe we can go do it. Will they? I mean, you got to go play the game. But I tell you right now, you're walking around the streets of New York, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw like some makeshift Super Bowl parade before the season even starts from Jets fans. You know, you also mentioned, and I've documented it on here, the quarterbacks in the AFC, and one of them, you know, you got your Chargers uh, sweater on there. One of them is Justin Herbert. Uh, where is he at in the pantheon of quarterbacks in the AFC? He's pretty darn good. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, they haven't been able to win a playoff game. They got to the playoffs a year ago, should have won it on the road. Uh, and then let that giant comeback happen. Uh, he's incredibly talented. If they can add some pieces, I think they probably go after Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah at the 21st pick, build some on defense. I think Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator uh, is an absolutely wonderful addition. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys. Thank you for you know, arbitrarily just getting rid of one of the most dynamic minds, I think, in all of football offensively. So I think that makes for a good opportunity. Now, like I said, it's loaded, right? Where does he sit? You know, Joe Burrow's near the top. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is certainly there. You got uh, Josh Allen. Uh, You have Lamar Jackson, if he chooses to play or whether he plays. You have Trevor Lawrence. Um, Now you bring in Russell Wilson in year two with the likes of Sean Payton. And now Aaron Rodgers is in the conversation now with the New York Jets and the AFC. Tua Tungavailoa, 
when he played. They were the best offensive passing team in all of football if he stayed in the game. So it, it, it's incredible on the AFC side of things, and it should make for a heck of a year next year. Excited for it to start. Hey, hey, Ryan, how important is it? This has been discussed on every show, and you know this better than anybody I'm going to watch on any show. How important is it for Rodgers to be at OTAs, to be a presence immediately in the Jets building on the field early, you know, whenever the hell OTAs start? I, I think it gets blown out of proportion a little in terms of, you know, a veteran like that with his experience in Nathaniel Hackett's offense. But I do think it's important to, you know, for the rapport between your wide receivers, your new teammates as a leader, not just coming in and the aura of Aaron Rodgers. Because if he doesn't meet those expectations for some players in the locker room, you know, initially, you know, that may backfire a little bit. So I think this instance, it's important for him to be there. Will it? Will he be there? Doubtful, right? I mean, he loves his time in in Southern California in the offseason. Uh, he regroups, he finds his center, all those things. And so I, I wouldn't expect him to be around uh, for, you know, voluntary workouts for the mandatory stuff. Of course, he's going to be there, I expect. But, I, you know, if I'm Jets fans and if I'm Jets players, I wouldn't expect him to be there during the, the voluntary workout stages of this. Mac Jones is with Bill Belichick. That has not exactly been Tom Brady with Bill Belichick. Where are the New England Patriots in this whole AFC mix? Uh, well, with Bill Belichick, you can never count them out because he, he can compartmentalize any kind of game plan week to week, right? He can get you wins. Like, he can go out and run the ball every single time and find a way to win. The next week, he could go out and throw the ball every single time and find a way to win. He's a great football coach. Now, what was so dumbfounding last year was that he went and hired two defensive coaches to be the offensive coordinator in the second year of development for Mac Jones. And he regressed. So Bill Belichick's got to take that on the chin, not in the offseason, try to double down by maybe seeking a trade for him or telling him that, that, that the competition is open. He is good enough to be the leader of this football team uh, as he showcased his, his rookie year. So I love that Bill O'Brien's in there. They can be a team. That could, could could surprise a lot of people. They really can with some things that are, you know, back to normal. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But they're certainly in the fourth position in a division they dominated for decades. Yeah, that division has changed, man. I mean, Josh Allen comes in there, Tua comes in there, and now Aaron Rodgers comes in there. I love talking to you because your insight is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to go uh, the other way. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is now, I guess, going to get his shot. San Francisco, is Purdy going to play? You know, there's rumors he's out for the season. Uh, is it Trey Lance? What do you see out of those two franchises? Well, I, you know, I, I expect that the, that the Green Bay Packers feel comfortable with Jordan Love taking over. They know it's not going to be a quick fix, right? There's going to be some... Um, you know, growing pains, just like there was with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think a lot of people remember that in Aaron Rodgers' first season as the starting quarterback, the team went 6-10. and 10. I don't know if Jordan Love has that rope. I really don't. I think it would be very problematic for him to walk out at the end of the season not having made the playoffs be a 7-10 and 10 or 6-11 and 11 team. I think they have to be better than that. So the expectations have to be tampered a little bit. 
But I will say this. I think he's ready to go. He's been in this system his entire time in the NFL. He's got a strong arm. He's big. He's physical. His teammates like him. He's a young player with a lot of youth on that offensive side of the football. So it should be interesting. The division is kind of up in the air, right? The Bears are trying to figure out who they are. Where are the Detroit Lions going? They probably are the team to beat in that division. And then from a year ago, you know, the the Vikings uh, won every one-score game all year long. Uh, And I don't know if they can duplicate that again this year, but they're in the mix too. So um, I, I like Jordan Love. As for the San Francisco 49ers, you talked about it. I think they found their guy. I think Purdy's the guy. It's just a matter of when that elbow was able to go. Trey Lance, of course, they gave up so much. When you hit it really strong with the last overall pick in the NFL draft, you can miss if you're John Lynch on the number three. Uh, I would like to see him stay there because most likely he's going to have to be the starter to start the year if he's healthy enough. If not, they went and got an insurance insurance policy with Sam Darnold. And in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's going to be the best offensive scheme that he's ever played in as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, he's he's a talented veteran. He really is. He could go out there and start for this team and they can win games in the interim until one of these two other quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, get an opportunity to go out and try to win the job. I could be dead wrong about this, at least in your eyes. But when I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe it's a function of being on the 49ers, but all I see is a dude that wins games. What are your thoughts on him with the Raiders? I'm with you, man. I was just like, how do, you, how do you just discard a guy? Maybe, you know, the price point may be too high. Dude just wins. Isn't that what this is about, winning football games? And and I love Jimmy Garoppolo, and he takes a ton of heat. He does. He does. So maybe maybe he's just a, a guy that, 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 that sits in my heart a little bit. But I, I think he'll do a tremendous job in, in uh, Las Vegas. Let's see how they attack the draft defensively. Um, because they have to improve defensively. It was, Derek Carr was never the problem, ever the problem. You have an offense in place. You have an offensive minded head coach. You have to be better on defense so you can compete in that division. Otherwise, you're going to you know, finish fourth. That's just how it's going to go. Yeah, you know, as I, I coached for college basketball for a long time, and I'm sitting there going, hey, the only thing I gave a rat's about was let's win the freaking game. I don't care if a walk-on does it or the star does it. Winning the game is it, period. That's that's it. It is. And, and, if you're, and if you're a competitor, you don't care. How you do it, what it looks like, doesn't matter. Win the game because you can sit back there after it's done and say, hey, you know, wins and losses don't have photos next to them. All right? Doesn't matter. Are you, a, are you all in on Justin Fields with the Bears? I am. I'm all in. And ironically enough, uh, over here at PointsBet, he's been the top um, bet-on player for MVP next year just because the odds are great. But he, is, he has got the highest bet count in terms of how that's going here at PointsBet. And that's, uh, that could be a, a, that has tremendous value. I am. I'm in all, all in on what we saw last year and how improved he was in terms of just understanding what it takes to win, what it takes to get and be the best player on the football field, and what they did in the offseason to add to that on the defensive side of the football. They went and got him a wide receiver, number one. Now he's got to make a leap. He's got to make the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts leap in terms of accuracy in throwing the football down the field. I think he's every bit capable of doing that. I expect to see it, and I think the Chicago Bears are going to be much improved this season because of Justin Fields uh, and the additions they've made on the offensive and defensive sides of the football. 
Hey, last thing about the college kids. Is Stroud the most accurate of these quarterbacks? He's pretty darn accurate. He's pretty darn accurate. Uh, Bryce Young is incredibly accurate, too, especially down the football field. So that's the reason why these two guys were at the top. But I do think C.J. Stroud, with his size, his height, to be as accurate as he's been, the fact that he showcased his mobility against one of the best defenses in all of college football in that national semifinal against Georgia, I think that says a lot. As for Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they just, you know, th- th- there's just times where they disappear in games. Uh, you know, we've watched Will Levis yesterday in particular go from, I think, uh, you know, plus or, yeah, plus 5,000 to plus 500 because somebody, you know, posted something on Reddit. Uh, here at points bet and it's it's it, the shift has gone crazy so i know there's a lot of people that got him at plus five thousand. if for some reason this has any bit of truth in it you know people are gonna be pretty darn happy when it's all said and done but yeah to your point cj stroud certainly uh one of if not the most accurate quarterbacks in this year's draft points bet's got a lot going on for the draft do they not they do they have a ton going on it's a lot of fun uh, and this is all the way the markets shift is is unbelievable from day to day. Like just two weeks ago, C.J. Stroud was the favorite at the quarterback or at the as the number one overall pick, and now it's shifted so dramatically that just yesterday, I think uh, Bryce Young was all the way up to minus twenty five hundred, and now because of the Will Levis talk yesterday and the shift, the market has shifted. Now he's minus twelve fifty. So I mean, clearly the front runner. But, I mean, the ups and downs, if you were able to get a number at a good value and it hits, I mean, you could have a pretty darn good weekend. Maybe maybe similarly good to the guys that are actually getting drafted. How many, how many quarterbacks go in the first round? What do you got with Hendon Hooker? Yeah, I got five guys going in the first round. I got Seattle jumping up to 30, uh, swapping with Philadelphia, who drops back to 37 and also takes their 50th. In the second round, and the Seahawks go up and get Hendon Hooker uh, to sit behind Geno Smith for a couple of years, and uh, ho- you know, hopefully for for the Seahawks become their their franchise player. Do you like Hooker? I do. I like him a lot. He was my third ranked quarterback this year. Uh, I thought that he's he's first off, he's got a ton of experience. Doesn't turn it over. Four interceptions in the last two years. Um, the win against Alabama. Just go watch his poise in the pocket utilization of those receivers against one of the better defenses of course in the sec i I like him a lot and it wouldn't surprise me if somebody jumps up higher to get him to get that fifth year option i i the way my mock draft came out i had him falling uh which i think would be a a good spot for him in seattle seattle has a heck of a first round they end up go walking away kind of i think a similar draft to the new york jets from a year ago they get jalen carter they get Quentin Johnston, and then they get Hendon Hooker uh, in the first round. That would be a huge win for the Seahawks. Now they got to move some cap around. They only have about seven million dollars, and if they take Jalen Carter at, at that spot at five, he's already uh, at six million for that for that draft pick. So you'd have to find different ways to to make it work. But I think they can. Last last thing, Chris Ballard, the GM here, said everybody's lying. Is everybody lying, or is everybody planting things, or both? Well, I think that, you know, a plant is a lie a lot of the times. And and I and yeah. I for telling people when we started doing this draft analysis when the Super Bowl ended, don't believe anything. 
anything you hear from the end of the Super Bowl to Thursday night draft night. Don't believe a word. <laughs> Either somebody's trying to create leverage or somebody's trying to diminish it. Do this, do that. People leak in what they want to leak. It's never done. I do think there's a pretty good chance that Bryce Young goes one overall. But I tell you what, in 2018, two days, one day heading into the first round of the NFL draft, I, I don't think anybody out there saw Baker Mayfield going one overall. Uh, I think a lot of people saw Rosen as a possibility. Josh Allen was a pick, Lamar Jackson, and of course, uh, you know, Sam Darnold. But Baker Mayfield goes one overall. So could the Panthers have fallen in love with, let's say, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? Maybe. Maybe. That's why they hold it close to the vest. And we'll find out tomorrow night at 8 Eastern. Thanks, my man. Thank you so much for coming on. You bet. Good to see you, brother. Talk to you soon. Man, Ryan Leaf, tremendous breakdown than that right there. Points bet's a spot to go to. They've got everything you want because, I mean, it makes it more fun, right? You're sitting there. You're betting how many quarterbacks go. You're thinking Levis goes. You throw a few on that one. Next thing you know, your toes are tapping. You're getting fat, and away you go. I'm going to sit there tomorrow and probably do the same thing, probably figure out where I am going, the straight line, that points bet right there. You see it. And God, thanks to our friends uh, Dylan and Ryan and Aaron for getting Ryan Leaf on because that's about as good as it gets. It is going to be so fascinating, at least from a cult standpoint, to see what happens. Like if you're sitting here and a trade gets made at three and all of a sudden Levis and, and Young and Stroud are all gone, I think I'm going to sit here and go, what the hell? Are you really going to take Anthony Richardson? Are you really going to take a flyer on that with a general manager who is way below 500? He's in his seventh year, and it seems like the general manager and his staff needs to win now. And don't think for a second that doesn't factor in. Of course that factors in. When you have to win now, I don't think you necessarily take Anthony Richardson. Doesn't mean you don't. Hey, look, I don't care if you got to win now, tomorrow, the next day. If you think he's the guy, then you jump up and you take him and you don't even sweat it. You get him in town, you get him with receivers, you get him going, you figure it out, and away you go. But if you don't, this is where the word force it comes in. And I think our guy uh, Ballard and a bunch of others have always talked about forcing it. Hey, you don't force it with a guy you don't really like. Yeah, I like um, fans are going to be on my backside. I don't really want to hear it. We need a quarterback. Let's get someone in here. We got a second-round grade on him. Ah, let's take a swing. No, 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 no. No, you can't do that. No, please, God, no. You only get somebody in there that you really like, period. If Anthony Richardson, who apparently can hit a ceiling with a ball, now I don't know why that's great. You know, I saw it the other day. He's throwing a football in his pro day, and he hits the ceiling, and everybody's like, oh, that's great. And my thought is, well, how about you hit the wide receiver? How about you're accurate enough to not hit the ceiling? Am I wrong about that? Is that just crazy, or does that just show arm strength? You know what I mean? Like, all right, I'm dropping back. Receiver's out. I can't throw it to him and not hit the ceiling? Okay. All right. Did you know the Baltimore Orioles had a seven-game win streak? It got snapped last night by the Boston Red Sox, but I, I didn't think the Baltimore Orioles won seven games since 1974 when they had Cuellar and Dodson and 
Jim Palmer. I mean, what are we doing? Dave McNally? Well, I guess. They've won seven in a row. That, to me, is crazy. Uh, DD, are you having a draft party? No, I'm going to be in Boston. This is one of those weekends where my brother-in-law comes in and he goes fishing. And he takes care of the dog. And then Lee and I are going to go for senior weekend at Harvard Softball. So we're going to be out in Boston getting it done. You know what I'm saying. Just getting it done. It's what we do. We just get it done. Uh, Dan, this is from the cash man. Colts still aren't making the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So is he getting another year with the Colts? The Colts are not a playoff team regardless of this draft next year. I agree. I would imagine. Look, I'm telling you. There are winners, there are losers, and there are survivors. I have told you this for years. Is Chris Ballard anything other than a loser slash survivor? But damn, that dude can survive. Because you're right. You draft a rookie this year, you're coming off 4-13, and the whole debacle with Jeff Saturday, and you're going to get another year. You're going to get another couple years. D.D., the Colts stinks. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do, Sean. Oh, man. If you're a Colts fan, can you handle, can you seriously handle Gardner Minshew as your quarterback? I want you to think about that for just a second. Now, I feel like Gardner Minshew is good for a win early. I do. But I don't feel like he's great for the quarterback for a very, very long. And by the way, good for Trey Young, no? How about Trey Young last night? 16 in the fourth quarter. He's got 60 in fourth quarters in this. There was a lot of talk about Trey Young being a bust. He couldn't play in the playoffs. Uh, That all went away. And this is what I've been talking about. Here's what I've been talking about, people. You know how I have said Otani and Trout, everybody tells me Trout's the best player in baseball? You know what you need? You need a postseason moment. You can't be considered the greatest or great or whatever if you don't have a postseason moment. I don't care whether it's basketball. I don't care whether it's baseball. I don't care the sport. You got to have one. Trey Young had it last night. There will be zero discussion on whether Trey Young is clutch after last night. That is forever ended and good for him he's a nice kid the damn awards coming up next no it's not what the hell wednesday you're not gonna believe some of this crap you are not gonna believe uh a dude covered his baby in hundred dollar bills need i say more we'll be right back stay right here tell your friends let's go Hey, welcome back. Uh, 9-0 run. WAP. Next thing you know, Steve Ballmer and the boys from the Clippers were back in it, but Steve Ballmer and the boys without, of course, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they got beat. By the way, the YouTube chat is always bumping. I mean, it's insane the numbers we're getting on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Ring the bell. Get alerts. 
Uh, Outkick with Clay, Hot Mike with Chad and Jonathan, Tommy's show coming up is Charlie's show. I mean, it's spectacular here what we are building at Outkick. And I got to thank, I'm leaning into the camera here with my big fat face. I got to thank all of you for your support over the years. You guys are fan-freaking-tastic. You really are. You guys are awesome, and I thank all of you. By the way, I had a great time. I gave my first political speech last night. True story. The Jay County Lincoln Day celebration got a standing O. I got sweaty. I got so into it. Many of the lawmakers uh, were there from the northeast section of the state of Indiana. I may have to run for something. I may have. We may have to do the show one day from the Oval Office because this is just, I don't know. I'm too good. Hey, a grown man found out halfway through his 36-month car lease. Imagine if this happened to you. I want you to listen to this. 36-month car lease that he would not, in fact, own the car at the end. Where are we going? We're going to TikTok. It's where everybody goes. Let's hear from this guy. Guess who's been paying off a car for 18 months of a 36-month lease and just found out what a car lease is? That is so much money to pay to rent a car for 36 months. Are you kidding me? Oh, how did you know? Didn't you read the contract? I did, and I didn't understand the contract. No, it's checking what I sign. They were like, here's your car. And I was like, yippee. The only thing getting me through those payments was the idea that I, I was going to own it at the end. I mean, I hate to be this guy, but all you got to do is look at that guy and know he's a dipstick. I mean, look, sometimes you do own the car at the end. Sometimes you don't. I mean, all you got to do is ask, hey, do I own the car at the end? But all you got to do is look at the guy and you're like, yeah, there's no doubt. And I'm just, I talk real here, right? I mean, some sales guy sees this, you know, flighty, whatever this guy is. And you go, yeah, okay. And look at this clown. So it's somebody else's fault that he's not smart enough or he is not aware enough to say, hey, look, I'm going to pay this bad boy off. I'm talking to a car dealer right here now, right? I'm going to pay this bad boy off uh, 36 months worth. Do I own the car at the end? Uh, Mr. Happy Guy here isn't smart enough to do that. Buyer beware. You got what you deserve. Screw you. Yeah, I know that's a little bit harsh. Uh, Lee and I were talking about this 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 morning. I hope this isn't a thing. But this is like the second or third time on flights, I believe to India, that people are peeing on each other. And actually not on each other. Uh, passengers are now peeing on other passengers. Now, I don't know why somebody would do that. I don't know where this comes from. I don't know why. What would, I don't know, make you think this is a smart thing. But the head of India's Tata's Sons conglomeration has expressed anguish over an incident when a drunk man allegedly urinated on a female passenger, Air India is embarrassed by this. Uh, the incident took place last November, but it was only reported last week. For some reason, 
the woman decided to then tell people the news led to massive outrage in India with criticism over how Air India handled the incident. The man, he got arrested. The man was a, listen to this, he got fired from his job in the United States with Wells Fargo. How about that? Air India chief executive, a guy named Campbell Wilson, expressed regret and pain over its customers' suffering due to the condemnable acts of their co-passengers. It took place on the 26th of November, the business class cabin of a New York to Delhi, Delhi flight. The guy Shanger Mishra was allegedly drunk when he urinated on one of his co-passengers, a 72-year-old woman, this guy. My clothes, shoes, and bags were completely soaked in urine. She asked for a change of seat, but was told that nothing was available and instead offered a small seat used by staff. She also alleged that the crew brought the man to her against her wishes so he could apologize. She describes the flight as the most traumatic of her life. I would think so. I would think that that would be an issue. There was a 30-day interim travel ban on the idiot. I don't know what to tell you. Finally, finally, they decided that they were going to press charges. I don't know. The crew did not comply with its rules for handling an unruly passenger. It said the crew's conduct was unprofessional, and they de-rostered a pilot and four members of the cabin crew. There you go. Wells Fargo says they're cooperating. Look, there's no groping, there's no peeing, there's no nothing on a flight. I literally sit there like this, actually like this. I got my iPad and I watch, uh, what's the word? I'm watching beef. Watch beef. Beef is a little freaky and I like it. So I went last week to New Jersey and I watched like eight episodes of beef. Ain't no wrong with beef. Man. How about we just don't pee on others? How about we don't act like farm animals? We act like human beings. We use the restroom. Or if we're out in the wilderness, we pee by a tree. But we don't need to pee anywhere else. You know those accordion folding sunshades on the dash? Well... It wasn't going to work for this guy. It simply was not going to work. Let me, let me explain, shall I? You know, you put those things, look at this thing. A cow decided that it was going to sit on a car to keep the cow warm. The cow said, screw the accordion thing inside. And those things are very popular in Vegas. Whenever you go to Vegas, you see those everywhere because, well, it's 6,725 degrees. Uh, I missed one of ours. We'll get back to it in a second. But that's what we got here. We got a a doctor smears car dung on his car because it thinks it's going to keep his car cool. 
Uh, this is also in India. A man coated his car with car dung to get relief from the heat. Sushi Sager, a homeopathic doctor, claims that applying car dung in a way to maintain the normal t- is a way to maintain the normal temperature of his car. Car dung is heat resisted and does not let heat come into the car. He's a pro. He didn't put any on his door handles. He just spread the manure on the car windows. And guess what? He, well, he's a visionary. Not many of us can think about that. Not many of us have that ability. Hey, let's check out a video of a dad covering his kid in $100 bills. That's right. He makes it rain, this guy does, on his child. Let's have a look. That's a lot of hundos. I'm looking right there at about four, eight. I mean, how many hundos we got? I mean, he's got a stack full of hundos. Good for the baby. I mean, yay, look. Whatever, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. Good for him, man. Cover the kid in hundos. You know, in Ohio, they give every newborn like a little football. I think, or at least in Massillon, Ohio, they used to do that. I don't know if they do that everywhere in Ohio. But you would get a little football, right? And you would be like, hey, you're a little football player. You're a little Buckeye. I think it's pretty smart. I think Massillon did it in Ohio for their high school, like the Massillon whatevers, that kind of thing. But good for him, man. And it's a girl. It's a girl. How about that? We're going to start her life by covering her in money. Look, whenever I go to Vegas, and I remember doing this the first time, and now I just do it. Sometimes in casinos, they have girls dancing, not strippers, but girls, basically pole dancing on the bar with a pole. And I always take a picture and tell my daughter, hey, look, stay off the pole. When she was in college, I would tell her, stay in school. You don't need to be on the pole. I'm not saying that pole dancing is bad. I just didn't want it for my daughter. You may want it for your daughter. Hell, I didn't want my daughter to be a cart girl in a golf course because I know what pigs guys are. So there you go. The dude covered his daughter with the cash because, well, maybe he wants her on the pole. I do not. I don't. All right. A school in Michigan where Gretchen Whitmer reigns supreme A middle school prohibited students from wearing sweatshirts that donned the phrase, let's go Brandon, Tri-County Middle School. Some students have filed suit. They filed a lawsuit over an edict citing viewpoint discrimination. They're saying, hey, we just got a viewpoint. That's all. This is our point of view. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, also known as FIRE, self-described as a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to defending, dedicated to defending the individual and sustaining the individual rights of all Americans to free speech and free thought are representing the Tri-County Middle School students who sued the school district Tuesday for viewpoint discrimination after they were forced to remove sweatshirts they wore to school that featured the phrase, let's go Brandon. According to Fire, an assistant principal 
and a teacher ordered the boys to remove their Let's Go Brandon sweatshirts. The slogan, according to the school, violated the school's dress code, but at the same time, they have allowed students, and you knew this was coming, to wear gay pride things apparel. The district may defend barring the phrase on the basis that it prohibits the F word from the dress code, and Let's Go Brandon is a humorous substitute for F. Joe Biden. Fire attorney says that would not hold up in court. That would not. <laughs> All right. The slogan is this is a way to express anti-Biden messages without using profanity. Look, we all know you can do let's gay, let's gay this, let's transgender this. You can do anything you want with that because the alphabet is absolutely on fire and makes everybody nervous because you can't go against gay pride, gay marriage, gay this, gay that, trans this, trans that, trans up, trans down, trans in, trans out, trans my ass. You can't go against it. And if you go against it, then you're phobic or ist or ick or some kind of word, but certainly going against our president by saying, let's go, Brandon. I do think the FJB would probably get you kicked out, but that's not what those girls or boys in that school did. They didn't do it. So there you go. All right. This seems like a woke conversation right here. So it leads me right into woke adult, baby. What do you guys got today? What do you got, Dylan? I feed my daughter crickets for protein. It saves hundreds on grocery bills. Um, look, that's an indictment of Joe Biden. We are now a third world country. We can no longer afford to go to the grocery store. Think about that for just a second. We have to feed our children, or at least some people feel the need to feed their children crickets. Now, this isn't Papillon, the movie where Dustin Hoffman, I think it was. I think it was Dustin Hoffman. Maybe it was De Niro. I don't know. One of those guys. Maybe it's Pacino. Eight freaking bugs in a jail cell. I think it was Pacino. This isn't Papillon for crying out loud. This is the United States of America. And in Joe Biden's finish the job, what does he want? All of us? Do we all have to eat crickets? Must we eat crickets? Must we eat animals, insects, bugs, dung, as opposed to go to the store because everything's so freaking expensive under these clowns? Is that what you want out of us? Tell me, tell me, please. Tell me, please. Daniel Owen says people in the United States have officially lost all of our marbles. This is an actual thing that people are doing. And it's not because they want protein. Of course, it's because, as Charlie Arnold just told us, it's too freaking expensive. The world is too expensive because this idiot we have in office is trying desperately to maintain his power and he doesn't care about us. And somehow, some way, we are all, ladies and gentlemen, that yeah, was Dustin Hoff, we are all going to vote for this idiot again. It's unbelievable. And I'm with who's your daddy. This is simply child abuse. There's no other way around it. 
This is, if you feed your child insects, that's child abuse, period. And I don't think I'm stretching it. I didn't. Uh, Dan, I did watch a cooking show on Food Network, listen to this, where someone used crickets to cook a dish, and the judge liked it. What are we, fish? Don't you fish with crickets? Hey, you got worms, you got crickets, you got spinnerbait, you got whatever. All right. I'm wrong, and I know I'm wrong. I got no problem being wrong. What else you got? Unbelievable. world is insane. Yeah. Show me a school that I shut down. I'll just stop. Just stop. You know what I'm saying? Just stop. I mean, you wanted school shut down. You wanted everything shut down. You know, I guess it's semantics. You didn't walk into Andrean High School and say shut it down. But you were the guy that everybody listened to. You were the guy that everybody said, all right, what's Fauci do? And I blame Trump. Now, Trump didn't hire this guy. This guy was hired a long time ago as the foremost infectious doctor, whatever the hell he is. But we all listened to him. We all saw the daily updates. We all listened to him speak on a daily basis. And next thing you know, we all shut everything down. We did. So the bottom line is simple. You either stand by your word or you don't. And Fauci, we have, he's just another example of what the Libbies are doing to us. They say things, they do things, their actions are one thing, and then they tell us something completely different. Show me a school that I shut down and show me a factory that I shut down. Never, never. I gave public health recommendation that echoed the CDC's recommendation. People made a decision based on that, but I never criticized the people who had to make the decisions based on that. All right. Look, I don't know. Fauci said so much. Fauci went into so much over the years, yes, we are supposed to shut down. Yes, we are supposed to wear masks. Yes, we are supposed to do this or that. And people listen. And now he says something clearly went wrong. And I don't know what it was, but the reason we know it went wrong is that we are the richest country in the world. And on a per capita basis, we've done worse than virtually any other country. There's no reason that, that blah, 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 blah. Could we have done better? Of course, of course. If you knew many of the things that, that we know now, definitely we could have done better. Well, I mean, the bottom line for all of this is you lost public trust. And I was talking to Lee, and I'm curious your thoughts about this. Wouldn't you just like, wouldn't you just like to really know what's going on? Like, why was it racist to call it the China flu? I mean, it was from frickin' China. Anybody that doesn't think it was from China is out of their freaking mind. I mean, why is that racist? I don't get it. Why was it racist for Donald Trump to say, hey, look, anyone traveling in from China is banned from traveling into the United States? Why is that racist? Why were all of these things so racist? Why were they all so vilified when the people that are supposed to know the most 
made the recommendations. Trump was supposed to know the most. He's the president. He deals with these guys. He said shut, shut down traveling from China. The flu came from China. But Fauci and others apparently have a lot of money in this. They don't want to blank China off. Why? Because all of our corporations make their stuff where? In China. Why? Cheap labor. I told you this from the get-go. Cheap labor is the reason we are beholden to China. Cheap labor is the reason we don't want to piss off China. Cheap labor is the reason you saw so many people come at Fauci, I'm sorry, come at Trump when he said it was the China flu. It came from Wuhan. It came from China. Apparently, everybody and their mother knew this. But to call it that blanked the proletariat, I'm sorry, the bourgeoisie off. They didn't want it, so they put it out through their friends in the media that if you called it that, you were racist. I mean, damn. So now we're giving Fauci a break by saying, well, he knew more. He just told you the recommendations and you made your own choice. Why doesn't Trump get the same break? Why didn't Trump get the same break in terms of it not all of a sudden being called racist so quickly? We're full of crap. And the bottom line is simple. Everything we do relative to China And you could probably go back through history, every conflict or every nation that we're protecting, we protected because of cheap labor. I mean, let's be honest here. Nike makes its stuff in China. Apple has never made a phone. I want you to think about this. Apple has never made a phone outside of where? Say it with me, China. Why Say it with me, cheap labor, period. Cheap labor means what? Bigger profits. If you spend more on labor, your profit margin is less. If you spend less on labor, your profit margin is more. It ain't that hard. Why do you think Biden is so beholden? Why do you think Nike is so beholden, Apple, all these companies, the NBA, because cheap labor. The NBA gets millions because how popular it is over there. This isn't hard to figure. It isn't. I'm sorry. We can argue anything else you want, but every single deal comes back to one singular thing. Cheap effing labor, period. That's it. Man, oh man. Anyway, there's our show for today. Spectacular. Thank you. If you watched us on Twitter, please share our show. We'd like to get that Twitter up. We always are going to say that no matter what, but the YouTube, we are, ladies and gentlemen, the fastest growing show on YouTube. This show is taking off on YouTube. It's not only our show, it's our shorts, it's our videos. And I thank all of you that show up every day. I actually beat you, some of you guys there today. So like, subscribe, and ring the daggone bell, will you please? Because we are rolling every Monday through Friday right here on the OutKick Network, which within a year will take over the entire country. You are welcome, country. See you tomorrow.